Thank you, Rick and Jamie. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. I hope this sounds familiar to most of you who are here because we preached from this passage of Scripture last Sunday. We want to look at it again because we're continuing our thoughts concerning worldwide missions and our place in that plan. Uh, you noticed in the bulletin, World Mission Sunday is at the end of this month on the 28th. It's on this Sunday that we take a special offering for the general fund for the BMA Missions Department. Uh, this is a special offering that's done by all of our churches uh, throughout the country uh, just for a special effort to help with this general fund. This general fund does a lot of different things uh, in the support and training of uh, missionaries as well as the administrative costs the missions directors who do various things to strengthen our existing missionaries and recruiting and training new missionaries. So a lot of this goes on, and this is pretty much an emphasis that goes on every year at this time, and that's a good thing. It's important for us to review what, what we're all about and get back to the basics on our purpose for being here in this location, but also our purpose for being here in this particular point in time. And God has a reason for all of us to take up the space that we take up. This passage of scripture helps us perhaps to get that into perspective and find our purpose for being here in the book of Acts chapter 1 beginning in verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read please? Acts chapter 1 verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the clarity of your word in telling us our purpose for being here and your purposes in Jesus Christ. We ask that you would cause us to know what you have for us to hear and take full control of this service today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Once again, we explore the core of mission work. Now, there's books and books about the the theories of mission work and the strategy of mission work. I think the best place to start, the words of Jesus Christ himself. From the lips of Jesus himself, we get a general outline in the very core of mission work in verse 8. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now last week we spoke of exactly what he said. You will be 
witnesses for me. And then he says, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And what we want to realize here is the direction of mission work is an outward flow of the gospel message. And when you see this uh, outline here, you see a general outline of the book of Acts, where the outward flow of the message started in Jerusalem, and it spread to Judea and Samaria, and then to the end of the earth. And you'll see that all through the book of Acts. It happened exactly like Jesus had told them it should happen. But this is not limited to just the book of Acts and the early church. This is a general outline of our own church's mission work. Now, if you go down, of course, south on 79 toward Emerson, right outside of Emerson, you see the billboard, and it says, Brister Baptist Church, reaching the world and starting here. That is not just a clever slogan that we dreamed up to put on a bulletin board. That is a description of what's happening here, and we thought the world needed to know what we're doing here. We are reaching the world, and we start right here. When it says starting at Jerusalem, it does not mean that all of us have to travel to Jerusalem and start over there. What that meant, that's where the disciples were. That's where they would be in following the command of Jesus. They would wait at Jerusalem. And when time came for them to start, they would start exactly where they were, right here. And our mission work to reach the world for the gospel starts right here. When I say right here, not right here in general, I mean right here in this building. Mission work starts right here with our worship services. Because of all things that happen behind this pulpit, Sunday after Sunday, the gospel message will be preached. And the gospel message will be presented. And it will start right here, throughout the building, every Sunday morning. Sunday school classes meet. I know these teachers. They're capable teachers. And I know every one of them concerned with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Our Awana program. The core of the Awana program, the gospel message, reaching children with the message of Christ's love. We have, of course, Bible studies that occur from time to time. Small groups that meet and look at God's word and God's messages. Then we, we go out of this building. We are regular supporters of the ABS Center. That is our local mission point. That is the Association of Baptist Students. But there's a bonus here. Our local mission work has global outreach because there are students that come from a couple of dozen different countries to SAU. And our ABS Center reaches out to them. So any monies we send to the ABS not only reaches students here, but they reach students that will go over there and make a worldwide impact. We are regular supporters of the Gideons International. And instead, of course, sending flowers to families who have lost loved ones, we, of course, donate Bibles in honor of those loved ones. Now, this is something that has a local footprint all over it because these dollars, every single dollar that we spend goes to purchase Bibles. Some of them go to the public schools. Some of them go to the hospital. Some of them go to hotels. But some of them go overseas as well. 
That's part of our local mission outreach. We are the sponsoring organization for the food pantry to help folks who are in need down in Emerson. And yes, benevolent work is mission work because it enables them to see the love of Christ in action as we're the body of Jesus Christ. Through the food pantry, of course, we are sponsors of the backpack ministry. There are students who depend on school lunches and school breakfasts for their primary source of nutrition. What happens during the weekend? Well, if they don't have food at home, the backpack ministry, we send food home with them in backpacks. And our church is a part of that, and we are one of the leading churches, along with First Methodist Church down here in Emerson, in that uh, effort. Uh, we have, of course, the call of Columbia County. Children of Arkansas love for a lifetime. That is where we sponsor or help sponsor through this organization training and resources for people who are willing to offer foster homes and adoptive homes for children. Now, why is this important? The call offers Christian-based training. It is recognized and accepted by the Department of Human Services. Not only that, it is respected by the Department of Human Services. And what better way to reach children with the love of Jesus Christ than in a Christian home? That's what we do, and we send regular support to the call of Columbia County. We are regular supporters of the homeless shelter. Now, Jesus said specifically, inasmuch as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And when we provide a meal for the homeless shelter, very often a devotional comes with it. But these people see churches coming in and ministering to them. From time to time, we get a call. I get a call from the Compassion Foundation, that is the abused woman's shelter up here in Columbia County. When they have a special need, they'll pick up the phone because they know that the folks at Brister will come through. Also, the Hannah Pregnancy Resource Center. We have, of course, from time to time, a baby bottle campaign, and that's going to start on up in March where you put your change in there if, you've got to, if you're going to be against abortion, you've got to be for something else, and that's helping these young mothers cope with an unexpected pregnancy and be able to say, I can make the choice for life because I have people who will help me. So we understand that that's part of our local mission outreach. There's a lot of other things that, that you might not think is mission outreach. But it's local mission outreach, and this is what we do. We have a group of ladies who, with one telephone call, I can call them up, and they will call their team members, and they will provide a meal for grieving families on the day of the funeral. Now, you might think, well, isn't that kind of ministering to our own? Yes, it is. But every family, every family has people in those families that don't go to church, don't know what church is all about. And they come here and eat lunch and see how we love on them and how we provide food for them and how we just let them visit as long as they want to and, and get up and leave and send food home with them and we take care of the cleanup. And they realize that the church does a lot more than just meets on Sunday. And these people who have no church home, no affiliation, with some of them don't even like church they end up seeing the love of Jesus Christ by this one 
local mission outreach. We have a group of guys who would prefer to fly under the radar that build wheelchair ramps for folks when they need help to build wheelchair ramps for folks. And it's quite interesting that I had a, a house builder who was building a house in the area and he came uh, by here the other day and he said, Brother Eric, if you know of anybody who has a special need for a door to be hung or something to be fixed and they can't afford to do that and they're in a bad way, could you let me know? I would love to be a part of that. Two days later, two days later, I get a phone call from somebody who saw one of these wheelchair ramps and said, I'm just calling because I need some help. My mother is elderly. She's already fallen through a hole in the floor of our house. Well, I picked up the phone. I thought, this is something that home builder could probably want to get on. And I called him up. He said, wow, that was quick. I said, when you, <clears throat> when you decide that you want to get involved in hands-on mission work and you tell me about it, believe me, something's coming up because people call us up. And let me say this, this is not a, a mission organization, but we have uh, uh, contact with this, and I've seen families helped by this. Mr. Carlos Evers back there is with the Woodman of the World Organization. And here's what they do. People, of course, who no longer need crutches or wheelchairs or hospital beds or walkers or any of that type of, of equipment, donate it to the Woodman of the World. And he has storage rooms filled with this equipment. And I have people all the time, they call me up and say, my loved one's coming home from the nursing home and they're getting out of the hospital. I needed a walker, I need this. What am I going to do? And I said, you just wait a minute. I'll go over on Buffington Street and I can find something to help these people out. That's local mission work. That's, that's what mission work, it starts here. Not just in this building, but it starts from here and it moves out. But when it starts here, it's in things that you wouldn't think are, is mission work. But our fingerprints are all over it. I'm proud to be a part of a church that starts here with mission work. And our mission work is a lot more just than just a check we send to our department. But he says, and you go to Judea and Samaria. Now that would be like state and regional. He paired those together because they're almost in the same region. What's the difference here? Judea was people that were like these people, the apostles. Samaria, that meant they crossed ethnic lines and cultural lines and they were to minister to people who were different than they were and we're all over state and national mission work we provide assistance and support every month to the arkansas state missions department now somebody might say now for crying out loud why do you need a missions department for the state of arkansas there's churches everywhere ours is designated and directed to the Hispanic ministries of our state missions department because there are Hispanic people all over our state who come in to work. Some come to stay, some go back and forth. They need Jesus too, and they need a church. They need a church home that speaks their heart language. And I know somebody's going to say, well, if you come to America, you ought to learn to speak English. Well, I understand that. However, that takes time, doesn't it? And we can't wait for somebody to learn English to spread the gospel message to them, can we? So we support the Hispanic 
effort of the Arkansas State Mission work. We also reach across cultural line and we support Brother Jason Walters and his work with Native Americans over on the reservation, specifically Native American children. Part of our national mission work, Cadence International, we minister to military men and women who are a long way from home. And we send regular support to make sure that these people are reached with the gospel message. <clears throat> and then he says, to the ends of the earth, go outward. Our old global mission reach is more than just a check to international missions. We have partners, Brother Jeremy Hambrice, who's from right here in Columbia County, Papua New Guinea. Stan Scroggins, who came from right here in Columbia County. He's in the Philippines. Carl Sucraj, he is in Costa Rica learning the language so he can go to Peru and open an orphanage. And we support this man, Tom Jopling. We are the sending church for Brother Tom and Valerie, and they are in Honduras ministering to the people in Honduras. We send money to LifeWord Broadcast Ministries, where broadcast ministries go all over the world, including the United States. And, of course, we are hands-on partners with Evangelistic International Ministries, EIM. Not only do we send them financial support, we are an active supporter of the Shepherd Bag Ministries. Where our hands-on, we're talking about the Shepherd Bag Assembly Factory is right back here in the Fellowship Hall. And we will make thousands and thousands of those goodie bags full of gifts that go to children all over the world. They start right here. They're made right here by our hands, and they go everywhere all over the world. So we start here and we go there. And I think you've realized by now, there's a place for everybody in this room. Every dollar that you give to our church goes to these places as well as what we're doing here. And then there's a place for everyone to find a special part of mission work where you fit in. This is going to take some strength. It's going to take a foundation to stand on. And it's going to take some energy and motivation. It's easy to get started. It's harder to keep going. How do we find the foundation and strength and then the motivation to get started with mission work and keep going with mission work. How do we find our personal place in his plan? Well, I want to look in Philippians chapter 2, if you'll turn with me. We want to take a walk through this passage of scripture, and there's where we get mission work into perspective from our personal viewpoint. Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to start and work my way backward through this passage of scripture. Because the starting point is one of the best illustrations of Acts chapter 1 that you will find anywhere. And it's the best illustration of our witness. It's perfect. And that's in Philippians chapter 2 verse 15. And I'm going to start in the last half of this verse. He says this. Among whom you shine is as lights in the world. Among whom you shine as lights in the world. It's a perfect illustration of our witness. Because if I were to have a, a light right here, it has a beginning point right here. And it, it would be a light or a candle. 
as Paul was speaking of. And that candle would have a beginning point right here and radiate out. That's the direction of the light. Starts here, goes out there. That's exactly where our witness should go. Not only our church's witness, but our personal witness. But it's also very interesting, the light that he uses is not just the light as above a lamp. He uses a specific light. And the specific light is the same one that was used in the Hebrew language when God put the stars and the moon in the sky. Now, now what's important about that? By this time, people used the stars and the moon to navigate to their point of desired destination. And he said, you're lights in the world. In other words, you can direct people to Jesus Christ. You are to be the lights in the world where people can look at you and they can find the way to Jesus Christ. What a responsibility. How do we do that? Well, you back up and it says this, holding fast the word of life in verse 16. Holding fast the word of life. The King James Version says holding forth the word of life. Well, which is it? Well, it's both. The word hold fast means to hold on tight. But in the original Greek, it says to hold toward. To hold toward what? Well, that's found in the preceding words. It says this, that you may be blameless and harmless children of God without fault. Look at this in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, or a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding toward them the word of life. We hold toward them the word of life. We hold forth the word of life. We hold up the word of life so that they can see that. And by doing that, we become lights in the world to direct them to Jesus Christ. But above all things, we need to understand we hold tight to this. If we let go of this, we've lost our stability and we can no longer guide a generation to Jesus Christ if we forget the supremacy of God's word in everything that we do. This is our guidebook. This is our principles. This is where we live. This is our moral handbook. And if we lose this, we will not be able to show others the way. He also says this, Therefore, my beloved, in verse 12, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What's he talking about? Number one, he's not talking about working off our salvation. We'll never be able to work it off and somehow earn it. Not to say work for your salvation. In the introductory verses, we know he's already talking to Christians. What does it mean? It means to bring to completion what God has already started. God has started salvation in here, in our heart. We need to work it out. You know what I'm looking at? The outward flow of the message of salvation starts here and we work it out. We need to bring it into completion. He saved us, now share it with others. It also is a very technical term in the original Greek. It means to bring to the surface like you're bringing gold out of a mine. Now, as long as the gold is down in the mine or the silver 
or the iron ore, it's not of use to anyone. So he says, you've got something precious inside of you. You bring it out to the surface where it can be of use to someone. Work out that salvation. He's put it in you. Now you work it outward so other people can benefit from it. It also has a technical term of how to improve the harvest as when you're working the field. Now let me say the word work is important because mission work involves work. It involves hard work to be a faithful witness. It involves hard work to stay with it. It involves hard work to be harmless and blameless and live a life that would show people to Jesus Christ. How do we find that? When Paul said, as you have always, not in my presence only, work out your salvation, there's one word that clues us in. Therefore, that means this doesn't stand on its own. Therefore means something was said earlier that can help us accomplish what he just asked us to do, to be blameless and harmless, to work salvation from the in out and be lights in the world. And that is we need to look into the heart of Jesus. If we look back in verse 5, this is where this whole aspect of mission work is introduced. In verse 5, let this mind be which in you which was also in Christ Jesus. There's where we find our strength. There's where we find our motivation. Let this mind be in you. Now the word mind here is a very special word in the, in the Greek that has no really English equivalent. The word mind here, of course, means having the mind of Christ. That's in and of itself good enough. But the word here also means let this value be in you. This word's used again in Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus told Peter, you get behind me, you don't value the things of God, you value the things of men. That same word was used here. Let this value be in you which is in Christ Jesus. Some of your English translations say let this attitude be in you that was in Christ Jesus. You can also define this as being focus. Have the same focus as Jesus Christ. What is the focus of Jesus Christ? Several things we notice here. Let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. What is the mind of Christ? Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. The word form here is of a Greek word. There's two words for form as we talk about it in the English language. The Greek had two specific words. One is morph and the other was schema. The word morph means the the permanent essence of what a person is. Schema means a changeable appearance. Now, the permanent essence of Eric Goebel looks a lot different as a schema of what he did in junior high school. Believe me, trust me. We look a lot different now than what we did then, but I'm still the same guy, right? I don't look the same schema, but I am the same morph. And so this is the word he used that Jesus Christ did not just look like God, schema, he is God. Being in the form, the essence of God, he is God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now what in the world does that mean? If I'm a robber, I'm a burglar, I'm going to sneak in somebody's house, I'm taking what's not mine. 
That's the definition of a burglar, right? Or a robber. I'm taking what's not mine. It was not robbery for Jesus Christ to be equal with God because equality with God was already his. Why? Because Jesus Christ is God Almighty. It's not something that he had to go and snatch and, and rob, but it's quite interesting that the word robbery comes from another Greek root word, which means to cling on to at all costs. And being in the form, the essence, divinity, God Almighty, the glory of God was something that Jesus Christ did not consider to hang on to. But it says this, he made himself of no reputation. Literally, he emptied himself. And what does that mean? He had the glory of God. He had the glory of heaven. He had the fellowship with God. He had the form, the very essence of God, and he let it go. And he let it go and took on the form of a servant. Not just a man, but a servant. Another word form here, same root word, morph. How is it that God Almighty could let go of that divine essence of being God, the glory of God, let go of that permanent essence and become the form or the permanent essence of a servant? Well, we'll let God figure that out. We'll never figure it out. But that's exactly what happened. He emptied himself and became a servant and became in the likeness or appearance as a man. Isn't that exactly what John says in John chapter 1? In the beginning was God, the same was with God, and the same was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and there was nothing made that wasn't made and touched by him. And then you skip down to verse 14, it says this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw him. We beheld his glory. That's the essence of the gospel message. In the beginning was God, and God came to dwell among men. And it says this, Not only did he came to dwell among men, found as in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And there's the gospel message. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ who held on to nothing but let it all go. And we see the pain and the sacrifice and the suffering with one thing in view. And that's the salvation of lost humanity. Because we realize if we're going to reach lost humanity, it will take our own personal sacrifices. It will take our own personal letting go of something. And it will take dedication and expense and sacrifice. How do we keep on doing that year in and year out without getting weary? Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. And look at the sacrifice that Jesus made with a view of reaching lost humanity. And then look at our own sacrifices. Do we even sacrifice anything close to what Jesus did? Absolutely not. Sacrifice? Yes. Some even sacrificed their life for Jesus Christ. But they were willing to do that because they had this mind in them which was in Christ Jesus. How do we find our place in the personal 
effort of reaching the lost here and around the world, we have to let the mind of Christ be in us. And then we need to remember the name of Jesus Christ. We continue on with this passage of Scripture. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He starts and says, look at the sacrifice of God. But you remember the name of Jesus Christ. And at that name, every knee will bow. Jesus said it this way in the book of Luke. He said that repentance of sins and the preaching of salvation should be preached in his name throughout all nations to the end of the age. Did you catch that? He didn't just say, you need to preach Jesus Christ and preach the gospel message. He said, you preach it in his name. And that means this. As we reach the lost, whether it be here or over there, we remember whose name we're preaching under. And that is the name that's above every name, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. That is Jesus Christ. And his name will reach the lost. But we come to kind of a personal application. And Paul said... Work out your own salvation. Not work it off, not work for it, but work it out. Your salvation. Now let's look at that. Your salvation. Your salvation is why Jesus went through all the pain and suffering and sacrifice. But let me tell you this. You can't ever work out what hadn't already been worked in. And the first thing about finding our place in God's plan is making sure that you know that you're saved and you know you're forgiven of sins. Jesus died on the cross so we could have forgiveness of sins, which we all have, and experience salvation, which we all need. That's the gospel message. And you have that, work it out. But let me ask you this, do you have that? As we prepare for an invitation of him, you can't share what you don't already have. Want to make sure you know without a doubt you have Jesus Christ in your heart, this message of love and joy and salvation. For those who say, yes, I've taken care of that, and I know without a doubt who I belong to, now let me ask this. Is this something we're holding on to and keeping bottled up, or we need to bring it to the surface? Somebody needs your witness. Somebody needs Jesus Christ. And you don't have to go far to find those people. May we never be guilty of keeping inside what so many people need for us to show on the outside. Work it out so folks can see it. You have a place in God's plan for reaching the nations for Jesus Christ. You have a place. For many of us, it's just the place of a positive witness. For all of us, there's something specific he asks you to do. You know if you need to deal with God this morning. Don't miss the opportunities. We stand and sing. Number 113. <laughs>